Hi, and welcome to Earthrising. This podcast has been created to provide a vehicle for greater connection to our Earth through exploring the realms of the arts, spirituality, and conservation. My name is Erin Haley, and I will be your guide on this journey. I've been a student of the arts and contemplative spiritual traditions for the past two decades, and I'm interested to explore how these realms of thought and expression may help to illuminate climate activism of all kinds. Earthrising will be an inner journey of the heart and an outer journey to connect with nature in her myriad forms. For those of us who want to feel a deeper sense of connection to the natural world on both an individual and collective level. Show guests will include artists, authors, spiritual teachers, and guardians of the natural world. We will learn how these inspired categories of people are taking actions to connect with and benefit our planet. It is incredible to be alive on the earth during these modern times. We have at our fingertips technological innovations that our grandparents never could have dreamed of, and they are integrated into our everyday reality. Everything from our devices, modes of travel, and access to more information than ever before. We are also connected to each other through a dizzying array of media, with new forms emerging on an ongoing basis. And for those of us in the developed world, we are able to live our lives with definite ease, enjoying a mind-boggling amount of goods and services at our disposal, most of the time. And many of us have been able to travel widely and have expanding experiences firsthand during our lifetimes, moving through the world as true global citizens. There is so much to celebrate and enjoy about the achievements of modern life, but the downside is there too, one that points to a fracture that has occurred as we feel more distant from the natural world than ever before. As we are well aware, this fracture is being pointed out to us by scientists, conservationists, and activists, the canaries in the coal mine, so to speak, who are directly observing and recording our collective imprint on the earth, as well as taking whatever measures they can to protect it. We are also first-hand observers of this in our own lives, seeing the shift in weather patterns, natural disasters on a global scale, and changes to the immediate environments we grew up in and know so well. 2020 has brought a heightened acuity to our lived experience of the environmental degradation of the Earth, as we have been confronted with the continued acceleration of global warming, the devastating fires in Australia, the continued burning of the Amazon, and the heart-wrenching reality of the coronavirus pandemic. Our relationship to the planet has also been shifting as we perceive less of a direct dependence on the natural world because we are able to rely on complex methods and systems we've developed that distance us from a direct connection to the planet. This includes how we obtain our food, our forms of shelter and transportation, and it's also due to many of us living in increasingly urbanized environments. In fact, today more than 50% of the global population is living in cities, and the United Nations predicts that this rate will increase to nearly 70% by 2050, with more than 50% of the urban population living in cities of at least half a million people. There is a contrast at play here. Cities can provide better access to health care, employment, and education. But there is a downside with growing urbanization, 
that more people are exposed to factors such as noise pollution, light pollution, air pollution, and water pollution, all contributing to increased stress and all having substantial effects on our physical health and mental well-being. Research performed by the Center for Urban Design and Mental Health, a think tank that performs research and case studies in urban areas around the world, indicates that cities are associated with higher rates of most mental health problems compared to rural areas. There is an almost 40% higher risk of depression, over 20% more anxiety, and double the risk of schizophrenia, as well as more loneliness, isolation, and stress. That is pretty significant to consider. With all of this in mind, there seems to be an inherent activism that underlies connecting to the natural world and the directness of experience that we can have in that unfabricated space to help us reinvigorate our spirits as we navigate our modern lives. Just by getting out in nature, we are acting on behalf of our own health and well-being, becoming advocates for our lives. This is an empowering discovery. Therapeutic programs have been developed and have proven that incredible healing can take place in the great outdoors for people who've experienced extraordinary trauma, including children and adult victims of abuse, military veterans, and for teens and adults trying to break cycles of addictive behavior, as well as for people of all ages coping with family conflict, depression, anxiety, and ADD. In one research article in the Journal of the National Academy of Sciences, scientists discovered that after even a short stroll in nature, people are less prone to rumination, which is the tendency to obsess over one's mistakes and troubles, and it's a key common feature of disorders like depression and anxiety. There are also multiple studies showing that elementary school students perform better academically and have less problems with ADD when their learning environments are shifted to having lessons outside. And in a report prepared for the Sierra Club Military Families and Veterans Initiative in June 2013 by two researchers at the University of Michigan, a study points to the success of veterans having group-based experiences out in nature, showing significant positive impacts on their mental and spiritual health, ranging from those struggling with PTSD to severe health issues. More recently, many of us can directly identify with this healing power of stepping out into nature and spending time there as a safe space during pandemic times. Beyond the scientific data and reports that highlight the therapeutic effects of being close to nature, conservationists and climate activists also seem to understand this sacred power of connecting to the natural world as they take measures to protect animals and ecosystems from further harm. Artists and spiritual thinkers reveal this healing effect to us too, Artistic creation and spiritual contemplation help us to leverage our imaginations, access our emotional landscapes, and evolve our psyches through individual creations and practices and group-based activities. That is where the premise for this show comes in. By learning how various artists, spiritual thinkers, and conservationists relate to the earth, I have begun to notice a natural synergy happening between them and underlying truths start to emerge that we all may benefit from hearing. These include how to listen to the earth, how to be in relationship with her, how to recognize the interdependence at play of our place in the larger ecosystem, and how to rouse our motivation to preserve what's left and rise to the occasion of these extraordinary times that we find ourselves in. 
In doing so, we may gain new insight into what can oftentimes feel overwhelming, intangible, and even mysterious, playing out at the edge of our consciousness or surfacing as an unspoken yearning of the heart. Modern artist Bruce Nauman made an artwork in 1967 that is a spiral of blue neon letters and says, The true artist helps the world by revealing mystic truths. Betty Rosak is indeed an artist who embodies this idea that Nauman points to, sharing through her poetry what she hears as she listens to the wisdom of the planet, and we will be hearing from her in season one. She is one of the original thinkers of eco-psychology, a movement that aims to alleviate our alienation from nature. Her late husband, Teddy Rosak, wrote a book called The Voice of the Earth in 1992, speaking to this alienation and the desire to heal it. In the book's dedication, he references her poetry, saying, For Betty, whose words helped me hear the voice, green voices are singing the dark, ecstatic metabolism of hidden earth. We may read the shaman's gestures. We bear the heat of eggs in our bodies, the clustering amorous atoms, molecules, miracles of future flesh, magnificence of bone, arteries, sinews, spangled galaxies craving form. Betty's words express an experience of feeling or bearing witness to the energy of the earth that runs through our bodies, inviting us to behold the majesty and wonder of our place in the cosmos. At the outset of creating this show, research was conducted to get a feel for what listeners might hope to gain from a podcast like this. One person provided some insightful feedback, saying, It's exciting and energizing to come together with other people who care. It makes me feel less alone in my worry. And whether or not we change anything, it's important to me to know that I've attempted to change things with all the strategic energy I can muster. It is very heartening to hear those words. Now is indeed the time to be thinking strategically and rousing our energy on behalf of the planet. Contemplating this reminds me of a quote from Pema Chodron, a Buddhist scholar and spiritual teacher. In her latest book, Welcoming the Unwelcome, she says, Instead of seeing it as futile or depressing, we can see the limitlessness of the job ahead of us as a source of continual inspiration. In that vein, it is truly an honor to be your guide on this journey, as we seek out that continual inspiration Pema speaks of, exploring the ideas and actions of our guests as episodes unfold. Thank you for joining me, and see you in the next episode.